Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hey, good afternoon, Chicagoland and all over the world. We're just beaming out there here at 1160 in uh, AM 1160 here in Chicago. Uh, if you don't know, there's a terrestrial app you can download so you can hear this from anywhere. And we hope we got lots of people around the country that do plug in when we're broadcasting. We also have podcasts of every one of the shows. So here at Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, say, uh, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, do we have a terrific one today. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months when we come in here with our program. So at the Samurai Business Group, we put the win back in your sales. So I'd like to introduce you to my special guest today. I had the privilege and the honor of being on his podcast uh, just a what, brief time back. And man, is he a great interviewer. He got, he got a lot of stuff out of me in that interview. But I want to introduce you to Gene Glazer. He is the founder uh, of Reconsider Christ out of Marble Falls, Texas. Welcome, Gene. Good afternoon, Bob. <laughs> I am so excited that we're. I got you on now, so the roles are reversed, you know. <laughs> Likewise, I'm very apprehensive <laughs> yeah. after all the things we drew out of you. <laughs> yeah, well, you did. You certainly going to do a better job than that. I, there's no retribution here, okay? So, hey, listen. Um, no, you were very skilled, and I really appreciate that. Um, you had a quote in here that I want you to share with our audience because uh, it has a special meaning for you, so. Yeah, the quote I want to share is just basically, you know, the, my desire after being in business for over 25 years is that people would just take a moment to reconsider Christ. Mm. Um, because what I have found in my life and in everyone else's that I've interacted with, we're all striving for these things, you know, mm. peace and love and harmony. Mm. And we go to all these different sources to try to find it. And I just want people to stop for a moment and reconsider Christ again and his wisdom. It's been uh, maligned from the left and the right and from history and from the future, from every, right. every perspective. But uh, if they would just take a second and read him uh, without the bureaucratic religious framework, without the politics, just take a moment away for individualism mm. and just allow the person of Christ to be heard. I've seen that to be very fulfilling for many people. Yeah. And that was really profound. Our interview where that really came out. Um, you know, let's, let's share with the audience a little bit of your background. Cause um, did you come out of a bouncing baby Christian boy? <laughs> uh, I was before birth in the womb. Uh, I was a Christian. I was reared in a pastor's home, so I was oh, okay. a pastor's kid uh, PK. Uh, with all the trappings and opportunities that go with that. Okay. Yeah, th I, we've had PKs on the show before, and there's varying degrees of what they their experience was. So I, I take it yours was really good because you also did, went into some ministry for a while too, right? 
I did. Uh, I was probably a little, uh, a bit of the outlier as uh, I just always knew in my brain that I was going to preach. Uh-huh. And uh, I was extremely legalistic as a child oh boy. Uh, up through my teenage years uh-huh. and young adulthood. And just everything was black and white. And so if I got in trouble, it wasn't too much trouble because I could always justify my legalistic character <laughs> against that. And, uh, you know, it kept me out of some trouble and put me into others. But mm-hmm. so I was just very legalistic but always wanted to preach oh. and went to, went to school, got a, a bachelor's degree uh, in Bible and theology and started preaching at the age of 21. Wow. Wow. So how long were you in ministry then in preaching? Uh, what we would call full-time ministry, you know, being paid yeah. as a professional, I was a senior pastor for 14 years. Wow. So, I, I know the audience is joking. What made you decide to go into the marketplace after being a senior huh. pastor? That's a question uh, that many people have asked. Yep. And the fascinating part of it is that when I turned 32, I began to understand the world finally. Mm. And one of the things I understood at 32 is that people go to church at the place they want to because they like the way it is right then, irrespective of what they say. Uh, When I was in my late 20s, I was asked to go and preach at a very large congregation, in fact, the second largest one in our denomination. Mm -hmm. And it was a hundred-year-old church, and they said, we're ready to grow again, we're going to build up, you know, we're going to change, and you're the guy to come in to do it. And of course, in your late 20s, you believe stuff like that. Right. And I went in there and just hit the ground running, ran up against all the obstacles and traditions of a hundred-year-old church. Oh boy. But we turned the ship around. Okay. And you know, the growth started happening, uh, excitement was coming back, uh, new people were entering in. And then I just slammed against this, uh, you know, old money, new money thing mm. and some of the politics that go with the unfortunate bureaucracy of religion mm-hmm. and began to realize that people say things they don't mean. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I realized that what I believed and what I wanted to preach was different than the denomination that I was in and that really I just needed to take a step back. Okay. And in fact, begin to realize my job is not to change churches. I just want people to know about Christ. Yep. So I just stepped away from the ministry at that time and went into uh, selling marketing solutions and software. Now, that's, I'm curious about that. With your background your, in your uh, education, how did you make that adjustment? How'd you, why'd you pick that? One of the greatest miracles of God <laughs> is that a guy— with a master's degree in Greek, and for your Christian listeners, Koine Greek, Greek of the New Testament, that I could read as fast as I could in English, Uh that I could walk into a boardroom with a person responsible for billions of dollars of profit and loss and talk to them about a marketing solution. Wow. Now, that should just crack you up. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> well, you were preaching. That's what was going on. You were built to preach, so you were preaching. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I could sell with a passion. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there you go. But, you know, I had a really 
very fortunate entry. It was extremely hard financially because I went from the top of one career yeah. to nothing and right. and literally started my business career at $6 an hour, Whoa. making 250 phone calls a day, outbound oh. phone calls. Dialing for dollars. In a room with 200 <laughs> cubicles. Oh my goodness. And I was 32 and everybody wow. else was like 19 or 20. Oh, geez. <laughs> the old guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> right. And oh my goodness. I had to learn new terminology. Right. I, you know, I had to learn different expectations of the work world. Uh, it was just a fascinating thing. But that start allowed me to get to a point in my career where I was selling, you know, multi-million, you know, 10-digit uh, marketing solutions mm. around the world. Wow. And it's just, you know, learning the fundamentals. My MBA came in meetings. I'd write down every acronym. Right. I'd go home and Google them and figure out what everybody was saying and prepare for the next meeting. Well, at least you had Google, you know. <laughs> I, I, I go back to it. I, I, math was abacus for me, you know, just checking out, right. uh, carrying around a 40 pound dictionary, you know, trying to figure out what people are saying, you know. But right. yeah, that's, that is what a great story. Now, at that point, you're 32 years of age. You've been in ministry. You were in ministry, you said, for 14 years. Uh, you know, you were preaching and all that stuff. And did you find that a hard adjustment to, to make that turn? And was that a God calling? Did God call you into that? I mean, to leave the ministry and go into it? The marketplace? Who knows what God intended? Uh, I'll ask him one day when I get to have an audience. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I keep waiting for him to write things on the wall for me, and he doesn't do it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, was it God's intention? I don't know. Do I love where I am today? Absolutely. Yeah. And I am where I am today because of all the experiences, rich and poor, uh, that I've had. Mm -hmm. uh, that transition was extremely difficult. I almost lost uh, all my financial resources, mm. almost lost my family. Wow. Uh, so, you know, I don't, it was a great growing time mm -hmm. and we got through it and kept everything intact and barely kept clothes on the kids and food on the table. Yeah. But, uh, and had some very humbling financial experiences that we had to go through. But uh, I was bound and determined being a type A person. Sure. And I was going to provide for my family. I love and it. I would just say in those early years of that transition, it was basically survival. Yeah, I, I can relate to that because I, I kind of uh, got jutted into sales uh, through the route of marketing because when I started my mm -hmm. career, I was marketing. And then, you know, a lot of my background came into play too uh, as far as making that transition. But I guess all the way back to Cub Scouts when I won the hot cross bun sale, I, you probably don't remember that. It was around Easter. And these were just like Parker Rolls with a frosted cross on them. <laughs> And uh, won that. I can't even remember what the prize was. But boy, I'll tell you, I was bound to determine. I was related to half the county, so it wasn't a real hard push, you know. But, uh, you know, that got me started, at least feeling like I had some confidence in doing that. Well, folks, we're going to be back here shortly with Gene Glazer, and we're going to get the rest of the story and then get into really how he transitioned uh, from this fabulous career he had in software sales. And all, we've got lots of stories there from what was that was going on. Uh, to, you know, what led him to do what he's doing now. And we really want to spend some time in that. So we're going to be back here in a minute or so with Gene Glazer. He is the founder of uh, Reconsider Christ. And um, he's down there in Texas, you know. You can kind of tell by that little twang he's got there, in a Texas twang. So we're going to just have a lot of fun here today, folks. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back. 
This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Gene Glazer. He is the founder of Re- Reconsider Christ. Uh, and before the break, we just barely got into how he transitioned from being in pastor, pastor at a high level uh, at 32 years of age, 34 years, at transitioned into the marketplace. And of all things, sales. So I uh, went to work for a software company. So, Gene, take us, take us down that path now. You were there for 25 years um, in, in that industry. So uh, how did progression work for you? Because you, you, you ended up doing international stuff too, right? Yes. So as I transitioned into the business world, the first thing I realized is there are some very surprising places that you can find God. And, mm. and that was a mind opening experience for me. Mm. I heard uh, one of your recent radio shows with uh, Julia Oltmans. Yes. And she said what many people say, that as a successful person in, a career, in her career in the marketplace, she had never put together the idea of her faith being a part of her work. Yeah. And preachers and pastors and priests are the main culprits in making that yeah. uh, thought uh, prevalent in people's minds. Mm-hmm. And I was the same way for 14 years. I was 100% into the will and ministry of God. Mm-hmm. Everything I did was for the will of God and for his ministry. And that was so fulfilling. Yep. Then, as I told you in the first segment, all of a sudden, I'm in a cubicle. There's 200 other cubicles. <laughs> There's one window 199 cubicles away oh, geez, so. <laughs> on the wall that you could look at every once in a while. And I remember on about the third day on call, you know, 482, I stood up because I'm tall enough to see over the right, cubicles. Right. And I looked across the cubicles. And just almost said out loud, God, you have no idea where I am. You couldn't <laughs> even find me right now. And how wrong is that, Bob? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, but that goodness. was the shock. You yeah. know, I'm not doing anything for God. This is this is almost evil, you know, no? okay. sitting here calling people on the phone for $6 an hour. You know, <laughs> this, this is a whole, what is good about this, you know? Uh, and, and that's when it clicked in my brain. Oh my goodness. You know, all these scriptures in the Bible that talk about the dignity of work and the yeah. necessity of yeah. work Boy. and how work is glorifying and honoring yep. God. Yep. And God's sitting there, okay, bucko, you know, <laughs> you're this hot rod preacher dude. How's it feel to be dialing for dollars at $6 an hour? Okay. In a sh- and they made us wear long sleeve starch shirts with ties. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have no re- understanding of that. Yep. You know, and, and find your ministry now. Yeah. And all of a sudden I realized I had a congregation of 199 every day. Wow. Wow. Now, how far were you into it that that all of a sudden dawned on you? Was this like in the first couple of weeks or was it a while? Oh, it was that, like day three. Really? <laughs> oh, just, my goodness. Wow. I myself that God was nowhere around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then you realize, wait a minute, he's given me a fabulous ministry here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I was surrounded by a bunch of 20-somethings, and, sure. uh, you know, being an entire decade older than them, I had mm-hmm. much more experience and wisdom, of course. Yeah. Uh, but what was interesting is, and I found this throughout my career, uh-huh. that 
people bring so much stuff to work oh, out my of their personal lives oh, that yeah. they're dealing with. Oh yeah. That they're just anxious to talk to anybody mm-hmm. who they might think have a perspective that would help them. Yeah. And the thing I appreciated, especially when, you know, I got to the level where I had the opportunity to run a company for a while and, mm-hmm. and then lead, you know, these international sales teams. So I'd have people come in and, you know, we'd talk about quotas and sales meetings and the progress and forecasts and all those things. Sure. And then they would, uh, you know, kind of stop for a moment and hesitate. And I learned over the years, just be quiet when that happens. Okay. And they'd say something like, you know, uh, I know you used to be a pastor. Okay. Can I just ask about, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, my goodness. And what was so refreshing, Bob, is these people weren't trying to defend choices that they had made. Mm -hmm. In fact, they described choices to me that I didn't even know existed at the time. Wow. (laughs) I was so naive. Yeah. But uh, they would talk, say, this is how I've chosen to live. This is how I'm doing things. And it's not working for me. What say you? Oh, praise the Lord. uh, (laughs) You know, it was just overwhelming. And of course, in this situation, you couldn't be legalistic. You can't start spitting a bunch of scripture because they probably didn't understand what you were talking about anyway, right? Right, right. And I'd grown beyond uh, my legalism at that time. Okay. Okay. It was just an opportunity to say, well, you know, here are some choices I've made in my life, and mm-hmm. here's the source of those choices ah. and, and why I've made them. Yeah. And, you know, I'm happy to talk about that at any level. I mean, one time we were on the top of um, a ski resort at a client appreciation function, uh-huh. and I had two clients uh, at lunch, and we'd been skiing all morning and got to talking. One of them said something about their two-year-old and uh, and the other one said something about their five-year-old and some issues they were having. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of started kind of launching in and <laughs> talking about a few things and mm-hmm. then said, you know, here are some other thoughts about parenting and, and all this. And all of a sudden they go, so where'd you get all that? Uh, I said, I well, love it. <laughs> you know, I, I've taken, you know, family therapy as part of a master's program. I've, you know, I was a pastor at one point. A lot of these are biblical principles. And we literally sat there for an hour and a half, and I basically ran a parenting wow. seminar. Wow. Wow. Oh, my. How powerful and that they, is. Both of those clients uh, called me uh, several times over the next several years as they got to different places in their uh, parenting journey. Wow. So, you know, it's just, again, there was so much openness because they were so tired of everything else they tried. Yeah. Tired of being tired. You're absolutely right. Now, you had some key bullet points or takeaways you want for the audience today, and I think this is a good time to kind of fit that in. Why don't you share that with the audience? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, there's several things. Mm-hmm. The The surprising places that you find God, mm. you know, God is, is throughout the workplace. God's in the marketplace. And you, Bob, and your work and the people you have on your radio station and right. the people that I'm having on my podcast, these are people who are saying there's a there's something happening in the marketplace when it comes to Christ mm. and faith. And we're yep. seeing it in all different ways. The yep. ERGs that Julia talked about, right. the uh, the study groups that others are having, mm-hmm. Christian leaders uh, who are in high executive positions who are, are 
in a gracious and merciful and loving way, uh, soaking their industry and their companies with the wisdom and the teachings of Christ, which are the very things people hunger for once they realize what he taught. And to see all that happening and to see that God is alive and well, and and we need to pay attention as Christians in the marketplace and have intentionality every day and doing good work and and bringing honor and glory to God. And then just being open. You know, if people aren't asking you about your Christianity in the workplace, it's because you're obnoxious. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's because you've not made it plain on what your beliefs are. Number three, they're just maybe perhaps not attracted toward that character. And that could be a sure. lot of different reasons. Yep. But we should be attractive people in the marketplace yes. because of the integrity and the authenticity and the love for others we have. Well, you know, that, that one of the things that attracted me, and I think I shared that with you uh, in, in an earlier life, three guys that were my three kings. They, they didn't know each other. They were executives in different businesses as I was doing business and all that. And there was something different about these guys. I didn't know they were Christians. It's just the way they walked, the way they talked, the way they treated people, the families and everything. I go, man, what is with you? These guys are fabulous. And I, you know, really dug into, well, come to find out they're all Christians. And so, uh, you know, I've had a couple shows with all three of them on because they knew me back in my real sin days, <laughs> you know. Yes, and yes. Uh, and it, it, what a delight, though, to run across. And, you know, they're far and few between, I got to tell you. Back, in that, back at that time, this goes back 20 plus years ago, they came to the Lord, but even back in the late 60s, 70s and all that stuff. So that was great that you had that kind of ability, particularly with your background, and, and saw that you had something. This was a ministry. This is really the marketplace. When you think about that, where do you spend the most waking hours? At work, right? Uh, like you said, work is all the way through the Bible. Over 500 mentions in the Bible, more than worship. And, uh, you know, what did God do for the first six days? He worked. He made man to be in community with him to work. And you're right. You said something profound early on, and I I try to be careful with it, but it's not being preached from the pulpit. You know, you're letting people get in the car on Monday and leave Jesus in the car, you know, to go to work. So uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear you say that. <clears throat> You're really working on this, too. Before we run out of time here, real quick, I got to tease the audience here. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, Re- Reconsider Christ. And what is that all about? And how has Gene put this together with his background and both former formal ministry and then also work ministry? What does that look like and what's he doing with folks that— he has influence of in his podcast. I mean, he's got some wonderful things, and we're going to get to that as far as where you go to find out and hear his uh, podcast. I'm proud to welcome Inbound Studio as our sponsor of Faith Marketplace. If you haven't been out to our website, we've got a great new website. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Marketplace website, the Faith Marketplace website. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small and medium businesses be more effective and efficient uh, in getting results from their marketing technology. Uh, what their vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites using inbound marketing methodology. They got their own thing that they do, which is fam- fantastic. They provide beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more, and that's what you want. As a result, the company has evolved into the premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. So I encourage you to get out there and check them out inboundstudio.studio. Again, that's inboundstudio.studio. 
Uh, and I, I can't tell you how thrilled I am that Marshall took this on and, and just had done a marvelous job for us. Go out and check us out. By the way, there's a donate button on there, and this is a ministry, so I know you got some, you know, you got a lot of giving during the holidays, but uh, we need some help here to support this ministry to keep it going. We're going to be right back with my special guest, Gene Glazer. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Gene Glazer. He's the founder of Reconsider Christ. He has a fabulous podcast. But hey, Gene, let's let's really give the audience a little bit better look at what is Reconsider Christ and what's your ideal client or audience for, for Reconsider Christ? The ideal audience is that person in the workplace who is struggling with some of the decisions they've made in their lives, trying to figure out uh, where their fulfillment and sense of purpose comes from. Mm. They've tried many different philosophies and maybe even tried to have no philosophy. Sure. And, and they're just ready now to say, okay, mm. I'll look one more time at Christ. And the way I want them to do it is just hear his words. Yeah. Because Christ addresses every hot button that our culture is experiencing right now. Yep. And he he teaches on them and expresses them in a way that will just cause people with a hurting or open heart to decide to get to know him better, to start growing a relationship with him. So that really, when you start thinking about it, that's really problems that he's solving. If you get into the word, if you understand what Christ and his character was all about, and you're saying that people are, you know, they're lost, they're struggling, might be under anxiety, especially through COVID, the last couple of years, oh, a whole manifestation of things, right? So in yeah. effect, these problems are really more me centered or, you know, I'm just struggling trying to figure out what my purpose is. What am I supposed to do? Where am I at? And all that stuff. Right. Much like you did with your coworkers, right? When you had people coming to you and you were in a leadership position. Exactly. And so many people try to get their purpose and fulfillment out of work. And yeah. our oh. younger generations, you know, the millennials are, yeah. are doubling down on that, that my work has to be meaningful mm-hmm. and it has to be full of purpose. Right. Well, you know, there are a lucky few people who actually, get to experience that during their careers. Mm -hmm. But most of us are going to do work that uh, is not going to bring a lot of significant change to our world. And we've got to learn to find our significance and our purpose within ourselves Mm -hmm. outside of any, you know, prop of work or family or whatever the case may be. And the only wisdom that can do that, I believe, is the wisdom that comes from Christ. Yeah. You know, uh, this is a question I have to ask because, you know, as you know, there's a plethora of material out there, a lot of stuff that's going on. So how do you position your uniqueness? How how do you feel that, you know, what you provide is unique? So uh, I believe several things there. Number one, I've been classically trained as a a pastor. Mm -hmm. You know, I have two degrees and post-doctorate classes and degrees, you know, just, I've got all of that stuff. Yeah. Plus a heck of a library. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. You can't see it now. Yes. Oh man. Uh, Then, then I was in the workplace for 25 years. Right. 
The last 12 years of that 25, I was a volunteer senior pastor at a church plant. Oh, wow. So I was writing sermons on airplanes and hotel rooms and preaching on Sunday and flying out you know, to New York or San Francisco on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And so I was living the same life everybody else was. Wow. So I think what makes my situation unique is, number one, classically trained in theology. Mm. Number two, 25 years of real workplace experience at an international level on several different continents across many different cultures uh, with many different people groups. And then just the opportunity to talk to people about real issues in their life outside of the trappings of church or religion and just talk about, you know, bare knuckles faith and Mm. the teachings of Christ. And so what I want to do in this Reconsider Christ is constantly strip away church bureaucracy, strip away tradition, but not strip away the teaching of Christ and what it means for him to be the son of God. Yep. Because I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. For people, and if and I found that to be true um, in my experience, you know, we just touched a little bit in our last segment on, you know, people should be wanting to come to you and ask you about the way you're living your life, right? And you can be extremely successful in your career and hold strongly to your Christian convictions. There's no, there's no need for compromise as mm. a sales guy. I mean, good. Oh grief, yeah. You know, right. I ran with the pagan pack of people <laughs> at all times. <laughs> every, every story about a sales guy. Or I girl, was one, I was I one of those pagans, buddy. It. You know, it's, you know, I've seen it. Yeah. And uh, I would just remember one time, we were in Austin uh, for a sales kickoff meeting. Uh-huh. And of course, what do the salespeople do at the end of the day after a sales right. kickoff meeting? Right. Go to the bar. We all go to the bar. <laughs> yeah. And in Austin, there's 6th Street and it's bar after bar after bar. Right. So, you don't even crawl. You just take one step <laughs> to the next bar. And I remember we went in, I'm almost, well, I'm kind of embarrassed to say it, but you know, nobody knows me in Chicago anymore. Right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I uh, we went into Coyote Bar. Okay. Remember Coyote Bar? No, no. Oh, come on, Bob. I know you've been in one. Well, but I probably have been one, yeah. <laughs> the, the girls stand on the bar in scantily dressed Western wear okay. dancing. Okay. Coyote Ugly. Or okay. Ugly Coyote or something. Okay, yeah. Like Coyote that. Ugly. Now people yeah. are cracking up. Can't even remember the name of the bar. Right. So there they are doing that. Then... People are taking tequila shots out of their belly buttons. (laughs) Oh, jeez. This is where I am. I love it. (laughs) Okay. And it's full of people shoulder to shoulder. My boss is 50 people away from me at the bar. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you see this Diet Coke crowd surfing towards me. (laughs) And as it gets to me, everybody knows. Yep. And and all of a sudden, the Diet Coke is right in front of me. And it's just their way of saying... You know, we know you don't want to be here, but, and we know you don't drink. Right. And here's your Diet Coke, <laughs> and we love you. And you know what those guys and girls knew? Yeah. They knew I loved them. You bet. And they knew what you stood and for. Irrespective too. Yep. of their life situation. Yep. I loved them. 
And that's what we as Christians and followers of Christ need to be communicating to every person in our workplace. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I love the response you had to inspire. You know, how do you inspire others daily in your work? And you, you got a lot of stories, but you had a couple of really profound ones here. So why don't you share that with the audience? Well, here's, here's what I found out, mm-hmm. Bob, as I went through the, my work world experience is in marketing solutions, obviously there's a ton of coding and programming that has right. to take place. In sales, you know, you got PowerPoint presentations, oh, yeah. you got consultants. You know, I remember working with Bain and McKinsey and all those guys. Sure. And they'd always have a brainiac who could do PowerPoint. <laughs> right. You know, just amazing if right. you could just give them concepts. And those people, you know, it's never done until five minutes after the meeting's over. Right. And so, you know, you're redoing those PowerPoints up in, in the lobby. Right. right. I don't I know. know if you've been in that situation, but well, maybe you're in the lobby and they're coming down to get you to take you up to a meeting and they're still changing the PowerPoints. Well, right? you're lucky so to have that. Know. You're able to do that digitally. I go all the way back to tran- uh, uh, transparencies. Talk well, about see, something with little wor- rough, buddy. I didn't live in those prehistoric <laughs> Oh, <times>. yeah, really? <laughs> that was prehistoric is right. You know, talk about changes at the last. We were at Kinko's and everybody else trying to get, you know, new, uh, new uh, transparencies done. And, and uh, oh, it was, and then we had slides That's too. Right. Back in those days, you had slides, you had carousels full of slides. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I paid my dues at Kinkle's also at two yeah. and three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the key was, you know, I would stay with them. I yeah. would work with them. Yep. You know, I, some salespeople, you know, they just disappear. Yep. But I would stay there and, and work through it because also I was striving to learn everything I could so I could present mm-hmm. in a professional and world-class fashion yeah, exactly. you know, to sell these sure. large uh, marketing solutions. Yep. So, you know, they knew that I would be with them. Yep. I have sat you know, until the wee hours of the morning. And in fact, in several 24 hour sessions, mm-hmm. side by side with the programmers, I took one IBM 360 course in college, Oh, geez. just for grins. Yeah. And so I knew the idea behind on and off, you know, yeah. uh, computing and, and do loops and, and I coded on cards. So, you know, I had some coding just enough to understand what they were saying yep. and doing. Okay. And I would sit there with them, expressing to them the ideas that they were putting in the code right. because it was important. Right. And I knew, you know, they yep. were important. They knew I f- knew they were important and felt okay. that. And I would always thank them. So, you know, working shoulder to shoulder with the people, putting in the time with them yep. and, and showing that uh, you don't take them for granted. You bet. And then I said, thank you a lot, not only That's to good. the individuals, yep. but I said it to their their superiors. I said it okay. to the prospects. I said what? it to the clients. Yep. I said it to their families, okay. you know, to their partners. I got to get a couple of questions in here, buddy. Well, children. first of all, words of wisdom would you give somebody before we break here? What words of wisdom? Oh. So consistently act in Christ's character. Yep. Consistently love like Christ. Mm. and consistently give your best. That's fabulous. Now, there's something funny and cool about you that I, the audience has got to know about this. So what was what, what's funny, cool, interesting about you? Real quick. Well, I've had the opportunity to hella ski, <laughs> uh, where I got dropped off at 12,000 feet right. and had to ski down until we were level with a helicopter in the valley. Yep. He picked us back up, take us back to the top. Right. It was a great experience, except, the ride to the top took 25 seconds. <laughs> and so by the third time, yeah. 
I could no longer catch my breath. I love it. And had to tap out. Okay. Uh, while the others did another three or four runs. All right. Me. Well, folks, you guys pay attention because we have our mystery subject coming up. We're going to roundtable here with Gene. So stay tuned. You're going to get right back here with Gene Glazer and myself for a roundtable. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Gene Glazer, the founder of Reconsider Christ. We're going to go into our mystery roundtable. Before we do that, Gene has got something he's giving away to everybody. So if you text me at 312-210-0603, again, 312-210-0603, with the keyword reconsider. And Gene, what are they going to get? They will receive the intro trailer video to season two of Reconsider Christ. Oh, wow. That's great. So, again, get out there in Texas, 312-210-0603 with the keyword reconsider, and we're going to get that video in your hands. Now, over the break here, we had come up with a mystery subject, and I think this is a terrific one. I I don't think we've ever addressed this before. So, as type A leaders, and I know most leaders are, how do you lead without burning your people out? And I think this is great. Gene, why don't you, you got a lot of experience in this, so what wisdom do you give our audience here as far as addressing that subject? I've come a long way in this area. Unfortunately, there are many dead bodies along the path of my learning <laughs> yep. and wisdom. Yep. Uh, early in my life, in my 20s and 30s, I thought, you know, collateral damage was that so such numbers of people would be left behind mm-hmm. to achieve the vision. Right. And, you know, you just actually consume people's <clears throat> talents and gifts and abilities on the way to achieving the vision. And I finally learned after a while that really what it boils down to as a visionary leader, as a type A person who's wanting to achieve and to succeed and will give everything you have to make that happen, you have to realize that it comes through a group of people coming with you together. Uh, One of your close friends and a recent podcast guest of mine is Patricia Asp. Mm -hmm. And on the podcast, she tells this story, as you know, extremely type A person, Mm -hmm. very successful in her career. And she uh, was, her husband looked at her and said one day after she had had a conversation and interaction with a flight attendant about why they couldn't sit together on an airplane. <laughs> he looked at his wife and said, you know, I don't like you when you act that way. Oh, wow. And she goes, what do you mean? What yeah. way? <laughs> and he said, the way you talk to that flight attendant. And so she thought about that and she went back to work and she got her team around her and said, this is what my husband said. Oh boy. Do I act the same way in your eyes? And they had the courage to tell her yes. Mm. And then one of them said this, which I think is unbelievable. They said, we need your vision and confidence in attaining the vision and the willingness to lead the way. However, when you turn that intensity towards a single person on the team, None of us can handle it and start acting in fear. And that just hit me right between the eyes. I thought we were going to have to stop the podcast for a little bit for me to absorb that. But I know, Bob, you've been in in the same place also where all of a sudden you realize, you know, 
Type A is not about me. Yep. Type A is the energy to achieve things, but it's also the energy to inspire others to achieve what they need to achieve. Yep. And in doing so, you get to the vision. Mm-hmm. And so I began to realize I can't hold anybody else to the same standard I hold bingo. myself. Oh, bingo, man. Huge, huge. Yeah. I was the same way as a young a young leader, boy, a man. But my, I had great mentoring and coaching. And I want to make an emphasis on it. It's We're lacking some of this th- today. You know, leaders, you know, you, everybody keeps saying, we're all the great leaders. Well, a lot of it has to do with they're not getting trained properly, okay? And uh, I had some great coaches and mentors, a lot of coaching, a lot of mentoring, a lot of training. And what switched the flip the switch for me, I was a top performer, A type, you know, I was in top 5% of what I was doing and all that stuff. And when I became a leader and they worked with me over a period of time and said, here's what the deal is, Bob. We know how good you are individually. What you're going to be measured on now is what you do with people. And you have to get them in the boat with you. You know, you can't, you know, cast a bit and then drag them screaming and kicking. And nobody does it the same way you do, and they're not going to have the intensity. As a business owner, I had to realize that also. You know, I'm really invested in the business. But anybody that works with you in a business, they're not invested the same way. Even partners, okay, are not going to have that same intensity. And I'm like you. You know, I burn out, like you said, a trail of bodies, you know, that uh, – you know, I, I to this day, I look back at it and say, boy, you know, I wish I would have, could have, you know, back then, even with the training. Uh, it's the ego. You know, I suffer big time with my pride. I don't think you do probably. But, you know, when you're in sales, you know, you got to be pretty prideful or anything. And that's, that gets in the way. And to your point, when you when you take that hot red heat and you point that towards somebody and, you know, and wither them down to nothing. Uh, that's the other thing I, you know, uh, particularly because it came through the military. You praise in public, you reprimand in private. Boy, I, I really remember that because I see some leaders reprimanding their people in public and it's just terrible. I, I, I just don't know what they're thinking because that can destroy morale in a New York minute, you know. So, but you've got practical experience at this too. So how do you, how do you, how do you make that turn, you know, as a leader? How do you really get into this and sink into understanding that? I think for me, I had to identify truthfully and honestly my motivations. Mm. You know, yep. my motivations were I will be successful yep. because that's important to my definition of who I am. Yep. And then I defined what I thought successful would be, and I didn't leave room for anybody else's definition. Mm. And then I expected everybody to rally around my selfish motivation and help me achieve it. And I graded them according to their enthusiasm in doing so. Right. Yeah. Is that about as self-centered as you can get? Yeah, boy, you're, you're singing my tune. I know it. And it's tough. You know, I, at, at my general young age now, you know, you look back and all this stuff and go, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, and we're God's hands in things. You know, the lessons that you learn, you know, just even having this radio program. God was setting me up for a long time. I didn't realize that. You know, that he was calling me into this. I didn't see it. I didn't have a clue to it. But he was preparing me a whole long way because I spent a decade in C12. And when you're in the company of other Christians and believers and business owners, you know, that are sharpening that saw every day and they're running, trying to run a biblical business, you know, on biblical principles along with <clears throat> some of the top, you know, uh, principles of good business, uh, it just really taught me a lot. It was, it was really interesting. And then having brothers and sisters come up alongside you, not only, you know, encouraging you, but also holding you accountable. You know, the stuff you had to do, it was, it got kind of brutal at times, you know, in those, you know, weekly meetings or monthly meetings all day. 
but it was good. It was really good because you could take it because it was coming from peers. And they could see it. You can't see it oftentimes. You're, you got blind spots. And I think you'd probably agree to that, you know. Exactly. And then in sales management, you know, what truly began to be the joy, you know, I think at first, like you mentioned, it starts out, well, I want to make my quota. Yep. So I got to help all these people make their quota. And over time, that turns into, I'm so excited about the growth of you as an individual on this team. Yep. I'm excited about the success you're having. Mm-hmm. And it's secondary or tertiary that in the meantime, I also hit my quota. There you go. You know, good old Zig Ziglar, right? You help enough good people get what they want and need, you're going to get everything you need. You know, so, And it's so profound. You know, it, it's true. And that's the Christ walk. I mean, when you look at this, what we're into here is the hand of Christ and, you know, putting out the hand of milk in kindness to our, we're called to do it, right? The greatest commandments, the Lord, your God, plus love your neighbor. And, you know, that's really being tested now with what we've gone through. I can't believe we're out of time already. I could talk to another hour here. Gene, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. Again, folks, get out there and visit our website, faithmarketplace.com. Got lots of goodies out there. Also, some new stuff. We got uh, Ambassadors for Business that we're bringing into Chicago, and that's a fabulous thing. Go out there and click on that. And G7, this is unbelievable what we're doing with that in the national launch. I'm, I got a little, I'm going to get a little prideful. We have the first chapter outside of Minneapolis, and they got 12, 13 chapters up there. So get out and check it out. I want to encourage you to do that. And also uh, through the holidays and everything else that you are, have many blessings and for provision and also good health. And we're going to be back here next Saturday on AM 1160, noon to one o'clock here, coming right out of Chicago, beaming across the world. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.